Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis, and this week we are on Unit 23, Session 5, titled Disciples Long for Jesus' Coming, which is a session focused on the doctrine of the Church and the Kingdom. Sometimes we can wonder when things are ever going to change. If Jesus' disciples are living according to the values, norms, and conditions of the Kingdom, and if they are going to the lost with the good news of salvation from sin through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, then when will the arrival of the kingdom come? Shouldn't we be seeing a more dramatic impact than what is going on today? Of course, this assumes a lot. Are disciples today living and evangelizing faithfully? We all have our struggles and come up short, so it could be argued that we all have much room to grow both as individuals and as churches and as the church. But since the kingdom is going to come differently than expected, as we have seen through Jesus' teachings and parables in this unit, Jesus prepares us for the arrival of the kingdom as both already among us and not yet fully here. In other words, God's kingdom is present today through Christ's presence in and with his church, which is closely related to the kingdom but not identical with it. And the kingdom will be established in full when the resurrected Christ returns physically in the same way he ascended into heaven. In point one, we see that Christ's followers must recognize that God's kingdom is here in part. The common expectation from God's people in Jesus' day, and for centuries prior, was that God's kingdom would come with a king with a sword to overthrow all their enemies and restore the nation of Israel to her former glory under the reigns of kings David and Solomon. They were expecting a military messiah that would be king. Even the Pharisees who opposed Jesus were interested in when he thought the kingdom would become a reality. But Jesus' response didn't give them the assurance they were looking for. The kingdom wouldn't come with a ruling king, a sword, a horse, or a throne. Jesus said it wouldn't even come with something observable. This recalls the parables of the mustard seed and leaven that we studied in the previous session. The kingdom will come in a way that is subversive and hidden, but, make no mistake, it will reign supreme over all and in all. And to make this point explicit, Jesus said that the kingdom was already in their midst, and they were missing it. Jesus brings the kingdom. Jesus, the King of Kings, is the way, the truth, and the life. And everyone's entrance into the kingdom is predicated on how one responds to him, whether that be in faith or with disbelief. In point two, we see that Christ's followers must also anticipate that God's kingdom is coming in full. After responding to the Pharisees' question in the previous two verses, Jesus went on to teach his disciples in more detail about the nature of the coming kingdom. Yes, the kingdom was in their midst with the presence of Jesus. But Jesus' mission still involved his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, which meant he would be leaving his disciples. So, if the kingdom were in their midst because of Jesus' presence, wouldn't that also mean the kingdom was leaving with Jesus' ascension? Not exactly. In the Great Commission, Jesus promised to be with his disciples to the end of the age, even though he was about to ascend into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father. So, the kingdom remains because of Jesus' spiritual presence with his people. But Jesus went on to teach what the day of the Son of Man's return would be like. He is coming again, and when he does, he will bring the kingdom in full, 
resulting in salvation for his people by faith and judgment for everyone else. To emphasize these two sides of the day of his return, Jesus recalled the flood in Genesis 6-8 through and the destruction of Sodom in Genesis 19. In those two events, the righteous were saved by God's grace. Noah and his family were on the ark. Lot and his family were ushered out of the city by angels. But those who were left, the people of the city of Sodom, the remainder of humanity on earth, were destroyed according to God's just and holy wrath. And even Lot's wife, who was ushered out of the city of Sodom, but then turned back, even she was caught up in the destruction of the city. So the warning to all is to keep our eyes on the kingdom that Jesus will bring, forsaking all, because this earth is passing away to be replaced by the fullness of the kingdom of God at Jesus' second coming. In point three, we see that Christ's followers must work for God's kingdom to be known by all. With this point, we move from the Gospel of Luke to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24 for a parable about the coming day of the Son of Man, who is Jesus. If believers in Jesus are part of the kingdom at present, and we are also looking forward to the fullness of the kingdom to come at Jesus' return, then that ought to impact how we live today. In Jesus' parable, he speaks about a faithful and wise servant who continues to fulfill his assigned task of providing food for the master's household while the master is away and until the master returns. If that servant faithfully carries out the task, then he will be rewarded with more trust and responsibility when the master comes home. In this, Jesus says that servant is blessed and placed in charge of all the master's possessions. This is who believers should want to be faithful and wise servants who obey King Jesus until he comes. And if the analogy holds, then we should make it our aim to feed others with our master's resources. We should take care of physical needs, and even more importantly, their spiritual needs. We have the good news of the gospel to encourage believers and to evangelize non-believers. This is the mission to which we have been called as Christians. But Jesus goes on in his parable to describe a wicked servant a warning for all who would have eyes to see and ears to hear. The wicked servant presumes upon the master's absence and distance, and chooses instead to take advantage of his, quote, time and responsibilities. With the patience of God, we could be tempted to view the second coming as a long way off, or perhaps not even coming at all. Second Peter 3 addresses this concern. We ought not become complacent, mistaking God's patience for inaction, because Jesus will come again, and when he does, the wicked will experience his judgment, which Jesus gruesomely describes as the wicked servant being cut into pieces and assigned a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a common refrain of Jesus to describe the reality of hell. All who have trusted in Christ are part of his church, living under God's rule through King Jesus today while waiting for Christ to return to establish the kingdom in full. As such, the church's mission is to proclaim salvation through Christ to the world, so that others might become part of the coming kingdom as well, because Jesus' warnings in the passages we are studying this week are strong cautions for believers, but they are also the present reality for unbelievers. Those who do not know Jesus by faith today are presently under His wrath and heading toward His final judgment.
because we believers have come to know Jesus as our good and perfect King, who laid down His life to save us, we should live joyfully and obediently under His reign as we proclaim Christ to the world with urgency so that others might be saved and enter into Jesus' blessed kingdom. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.